Hey, listen up. Yeah, we here and we locked in. Let's keep it going all the way to the top 10. We fear the turtle, so it's no other option. Fred and Ryan, just watch them. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. What's up, Turf fans? Fred and Ryan back with another episode of the Shell and Tell podcast. It's Tuesday, September 6th. We got a lot to talk about on this week's show. We're officially undefeated as we start the season 1-0, but it wasn't all sunshine and roses during a 31-10 victory over Buffalo. Yeah, it certainly was not. So we go back to the good old trusty good, bad, and ugly uh, just to get that breakdown through. And when we're done looking back, we'll look forward to Shell and Tell's first road trip of the season to UNC Charlotte, a trip that Ryan and I are both taking together and we're looking forward to uh, hit the road Friday. Uh, so excited for that. It's a, uh, a city I haven't been to in a very long time. It's a beautiful area. So looking forward to not just the game, but everything that goes on around the game. Yeah, back to the old ACC stomping grounds. For anybody watching on YouTube, you see I bust out the old uh, <laughs> military bowl uh, jersey here from our ACC days. Very tight. Uh, very tight. Uh, this very was tight. worn by a much smaller man, uh, even though he was a tight end in the big in the ACC <laughs> than I am. Uh, so, yeah, just figured to bring us some good ACC luck. Bust very, out the vibes. Very conveniently that that camera is cutting out the belly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. We, can, we got the number 86 here. Sorry, your ex-girlfriend sold all your jerseys. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, all right, man. Before we start this week's episode, though, today's episode is sponsored by Quick Stretch and Body Works. Quick Stretch and Body Works help athletes with their performance and recovery periods both during and in the off-seasons. The naturally formulated athletic performance and recovery lotion is an easy, effective way for athletes to prepare for skill training and workouts in full swing. Founded by Todd Smith, a former college athlete and head athletic trainer at two collegiate programs himself. Even some of the athletes at the University of Maryland have taken advantage of the product, including star linebacker Ruben Hippolyte II. Make sure you head over to quickstretchbodyworks.com and check it out today. That's quickstretchbodyworks.com. But as we mentioned, man, at the top, Terps win in an almost unfulfilling way certainly how it felt yeah i mean 31 to 10 listen a win's a win i'll take a three possession win every day of the week especially later in the season (laughs) yeah right but i mean just as we're walking out i felt feeling a little let down as we're leaving out but it's for multiple reasons man it's not just the team's performance on the field but for me and i don't you know you and i haven't had a real chance to talk about this yet it was pretty much the entire game day experience, if I'm being honest. It was pulling into the lot and seeing a bear lot, a bear 4B tailgating lot. I, and I understand this is Buffalo. This is kind of the quote-unquote preseason of this season, even though these games count and they matter, come, you know, wins and losses. But I just, you know, with all the national hype, with all the local hype around this team, I just expected there to be more fans, Um, even the partiers, man, the guys that just come out and want to have a good time and want to, you know, want to just drink a few beers and throw back and just go out there and be rah-rah for a day or whatever. It's, you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It's a a warm summer, sunny day. Uh, I was just, I was pretty let down by the turnout with the fans. 
it it wasn't great. I mean, it was definitely a different feeling than the game one last year with WVU, where there was a pretty decent turnout of both Maryland and West Virginia fans. They kind of helped clearly when you play some of these really small schools like Buffalo, the other team's yeah. not going to help at all in the, you know, filling of the stadium. I mean, we were sitting right in the 50 Buffalo fans that were in the stadium and that's just not going to do it at Maryland. Clearly we don't sell out the whole stadium without a little help from the other team. Um, and we didn't do even our portion of the stadium for this game. It was just, I don't know. It was kind of sad. You're coming off of a, their first bowl win and in a dominant fashion, right? You know, again, like I said, you got all this national hype. I just figured, uh, I know we're homers, right? And we're we're the diehards. I just figured there were more of us out there than I, I guess I gave credit to. Um, because, I, and then I've said this both here and I've said it on Birdland. The state of Maryland in itself is definitely a what have you done for me lately fan base. And that was obviously evident with this. It's you got to win. I just don't know what it takes. I mean, is it that we have to get to a January 6th bowl before the excitement really builds and before we get the fans out in the stands again, week in and week out? Uh, it's sad that it takes a, just a big name, the Ohio State, the Penn State, the Michigans, to get the fans out and excited. The depressing fact is it will always be that way because basketball, as big as it is at Maryland and as big as it is, you know, um, going on when you look at those games in december when the students aren't there it's empty there's it no one no one comes that to that way it wasn't always that way yes local uh over the last couple of years yeah it's been that way and it's been a while since maryland basketball or you know has been in the thick of things in the in the you know final fours or the the elite eight it's been a while since that's happened so i get that they haven't had that that full experience of a real winning tradition like gary williams days and the you know the national championship days and all the runs that we made back then but i mean it's been a while that it's been that way yeah it's, it really seems to be not only what have you done for me lately but also you know who the show is and that the terps by themselves aren't enough of a show you've seen it in the in the student sections even they leave when they're up by 20 they leave when they're down by 10 they leave at halftime if it's hot they leave if it's too late they leave if yeah. it's too early like they i mean just i'll leave. be honest the, the student turnout was actually pretty damn good for the first half i mean then a halftime hit and then they were all gone i guess but really they only filled out two sections for the flag drop they have like five that they're yeah, they go all the way to section what is it eight or nine right next to us and those final two sections had nobody in them right yeah and so. i guess that's true but, but again you know this about the fan base and you know this about the student section so for me i feel like again this goes back to the entire game day experience then the university needs to do more then the program needs to do more to 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 draw fans in because to be honest with you like <laughs> Walking in the gates today just felt like there there was nothing special about it. It was just walking through the gates of any other Maryland football game. Yeah, the the sound system was tuned to the best that it's been since we got the new audio board and since we got the Much new better. sound system. So that was good, but the visual presentation was basic. It, it, it was the the the, sh the stuff that they do to involve fans. The same shit that they've been doing for the last 15, 20 years. Like it's just it's stale, it's old, and they've they've got these kids running this stuff, which I understand like the you know the involvement with the students and all that stuff, but when you 
buy a Ferrari. You don't give it to your 16 year old to drive, right? You buy a Ferrari for you to drive, right? And I feel like there should be some somebody else or a team of other people that run the game day experience. When you look at, you know, we I showed you this uh, a, a couple of weeks ago now, what like South Carolina is doing, right? And you were saying the other week on the show, like, what's the draw with South Carolina? Where did they come out of? Like, they're coming out of nowhere. But when you see the visual presentation that South Carolina is putting together just for player introductions and just to get the fans hyped up, like, these are things that I feel like this university is just missing out on, missing the boat on. Yeah, it's, there, there could be a lot more done there, but there's also just a fact of anybody that's been to a Maryland game in the last decade at a noon start in August or early September. How miserable was that, Fred? How bad oh, was it in our seats? The seats were terrible because it's like holding a piece of fucking aluminum foil in front of your yeah. face when the sun's just glaring it's off the bleachers. You're, yeah, you're, it the is. noon games at early September, late August, you might as well just mark it down. Ten people are leaving the stadium with heat exhaustion, heat stroke. We I was saw almost a guy, one of them is what I We saw a guy like. drug out of, the, out of the, yeah. the stalls by some people and were passed out on top of the stands. Like, it's bad. My mom looked. She was, we, had, we had five kids there. And, of course, so everybody was basically taking turns, bringing the kids up the shade, walk around, buying sodas, buying waters. And she looked the other day. I haven't even looked what I spent because I spent plenty of money too and i'm sure i know you spent money but yeah. i was talking to her and she said i just happened to look at my credit card statement today and we spent over a hundred dollars in just ice cream and water at, the, right. at the, the maryland game you know and so it's just and that was just it wasn't to have a great time it was just to keep the kids alive like yeah, that was that exactly. was what it that was what it was for and, and to so that it's, point, it's kind of rough visual <laughs> To that point, visually, when you were looking at the visitor side and you thought, Jesus, that that side is completely empty. There were 30,000 people standing in the shade at the top of it. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. But yeah, it's a little bit were, of exaggeration. It was a lot, a lot. The majority of the fans were definitely in the concourses watching out at the work, for, watching out at the game versus actually being in their seats because of that. It was miserable. Um, yeah. And I have a, I have a the proof in the pudding here on the face with the sun the sunburn. Yeah, and um, I didn't I only went up at halftime. I stayed in the seats almost the whole game. It was like I fought through it many a times. Wore ridiculous sunblock, put it on twice like it still had some burns. So yeah. but it's it's I mean my mom went there in the 80s. They called it Bird Beach back then. They everyone would go in the middle of December and catch a suntan because you bake with that aluminum in the sun and right. it when you when you don't fill out the stadium and so you don't have people covering the aluminum seats, you're going to be in a George Foreman grill. It's hell. <laughs> it's absolute hell. I hate complaining about it because you got great seats down there, but it is absolutely miserable. Yeah, it's the number one reason to day. dump into that Terrapin Club money and jump into the shade behind the Tyson's Tower over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know. Just for me, again, it's there's little things. You spend all this money, which is great. We've been barking for it for I don't know how long now to get the video board to kind of come up to par with everybody else in the Power Five and everybody else in the Big Ten. We did that, right? But you just, to me, you could spend a little bit more money annually to put professionals in there. Like you said, even when we first walked in, they had a DJ that was running the music when you first walked in. That's cool. That was a nice touch, and that was a noticeable difference. And again, the sound was tuned much better than it Way has better. been since that thing has been installed. I give them credit for that. But let's let's take it to the next step, man. It's just, again, the, the scoreboard, the down markers, all that stuff, the entire game were completely off. 
Nothing was accurate. I didn't know what down it was half the time unless I was like fully focused, but you got kids running around everywhere. You got other things going on that distract you. You couldn't rely on the scoreboard for accuracy. To me as a fan, it's frustrating. And when you're trying to draw fan base in, you got to do those small things to get them on board. And you also, you know that you're going to have trouble with these noon games you have for decades. And so either you don't have them or do something about it. Give away tickets. I look something. at Ben, I look at Ben Page with old line tailgate and they tell, you know, he, you know, he tells us how much he has to pay per, per seat. How are they not giving out a better deal for a thousand tickets to somebody like, like just get people in the stadium. That's how this starts. And if you don't want to do it with somebody like Ben, do it yourself. Go out there, give a thousand tickets to three or four elementary schools to these games. That you know, you can't fill, you know, yep. these tickets are going to be sitting there and just get some, something born in the grassroots. These kids are going to be 18, 19, 20 years old. They're going to be 30-year-olds like me. That we I didn't go to the University of Maryland because they didn't have a major on campus that I was going to do. Cool. I still spent my whole childhood going to Maryland, so I still dump my time and money into Maryland. So right. why not when it costs you nothing to bring people in there? And honestly, like I said, we spent $100 on two girls for ice cream and water. You give yeah. a 1,000 tickets away to a bunch of elementary school kids, you're going to make $50 a head on ice cream and water. Right. <laughs> right. That's a great point. That's a great uh, point. But, again, we're basically preaching to the choir because I think a lot of us diehards feel this way. And I think don't have a noon game. Just, just yeah. don't do it. Just, just get just rid of don't. it altogether. I know, I know you're making more TV money at noon than you would have for the 330 slot somewhere else. Cool. It, it, just don't do it. It's not, it doesn't work here. <laughs> right. I agree. All right. But let's talk a little bit about this game. Cause again, like I said, we felt, we felt a little bit empty <laughs> leaving the stadium, which we feel like the, crap the for being upset about a 21 point win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as, as upset as you can be about a three possession win. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk good, bad, and ugly. We do this each every week. Um, this is week one, right? So let's start this one with the ugly. Uh, yeah, we don't build some positive stuff. We already yeah, started yeah. negative. Might let's as well get it out of the way. Positive on a good vibe. <laughs> let's let's get the negative out of the way. Uh, so the ugly for me, first and foremost, uh, right out of the gates, the snaps from the center, Jahari Branch, uh, now this year starting center. This for is, now, I have a little bit of PTSD with this because the Ravens a couple years ago struggled with this immensely, and I just don't understand it. I, Matt Skura got—I don't know if he got the yips or what the hell happened—but every center that came in afterwards had the same issue. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? This is this is a basic fundamental of a center for football. This is your entire like your entire premise as a center, right? This is something that you've been practicing since you were a kid. I don't understand that. Okay, if Jahari Branch isn't the guy and he isn't, you know, he he has these issues. Why is he in there? Why is your he your starting center on day one? Because uh, again, this is just something that's so frustrating and it's so crucial to the flow of an offense. This is how the offensive play starts. And if it starts off on the wrong foot with a high snap, low snap, whatever it may be, the rest of the play is just basically a recovery. It's basically Talia recovering for the bad snap. Absolutely. I it's 
it's also something to me that you can easily practice outside of live reps. So this whole like it's the first game, get out of the no, that doesn't really work for this. Yes, there are right. things that you are very hard to practice at game speed uh, with the wide receivers running routes against guys that they don't know every tendency of every corner. They haven't played things like that. But a snap memory. is a snap. Like right. you just do it. And and you and if you can't practice it with somebody in front of you, they don't have enough hours for that. Well, then set up a machine that punches them in the face one second after he snaps the ball. I don't care. You can find out a way to make this dude snap the ball and get his hands up. And that's all it is. And I just, I can't see that. Yes. Was this team better and than we thought that they were going to be the um, Buffalo hundred percent. Fred and I walked down to the, down to our seats. And the first thing Fred said to me was, these guys look a little bit bigger than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. And they were. The offensive line by Buffalo surely was bigger, and the defensive line was a little bit bigger than we expected. Yeah. So, sure, we're, we maybe we had unrealistic expectations, Listen, but there's no way this is the best. is going to be a 72 to nothing like it yeah. was over Howard or whatever. It was 79 to nothing. Like it there's was no Howard. way this is the best nose guard you're going to see all year. That's just not. So, if you can't do it versus this guy, then you, you just can't do it. I, right. I, I, I'm, I would be shocked – I'm sure because of the way step down in competition, they're going to try to leave Branch into this spot for this next game. But if this happens even to halftime of that game, there's no way he can be your starter on the, so, in the game three. There's no way. So, so to <laughs> that point, I know we talked a little bit about it uh, during the game. You know, last year, a guy that took a lot of the snaps, Spencer Anderson, was playing right guard. And, you know, I, I like him at right guard. But again, when you're struggling consistently it wasn't just one or two snaps and it wasn't here and there i mean it was it was every other snap if not every snap especially early on in the game why are you not moving spencer anderson over and plugging somebody else in at right guard just to give you that stability at center and spencer anderson had some issues snapping balls over his head but at least that was the only place i remember those snapped i don't think you could tell where jahari's balls were going at all they were left they were right they were short they were tall like there was nothing was repeated at all uh, you also brought in Eric Harris, who was supposed to be your center last year before Spencer Anderson took over, um, and he's still on the on the squad. I don't haven't heard anything about him. Colton Deary, wow, that's surprising. I mean, he's still listed on the roster, the but we've heard okay. he's not in the two deep. We haven't heard any talk about him being at center. Um, I know Colton was, Deary did get some snaps in the Colton game. Colton Deary too. was brought in and got some snaps. Again, huge future. But I honestly kind of thought we were past starting freshmen in the Big Ten. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> right. I, I mean, of course, we're still doing on the defensive side and all, but I thought that we'd build this offensive line a little bit deeper than that. But well, uh, I don't know. Speaking of offensive line, what did you what did how did you feel leaving the game about the the offensive line as a whole? Minus just the the issues at center, the offensive line as a whole. So leaving the game, I felt like real dismay, like, oh, my God, if that's what we look at there, it's going to be bad. Because in my head, Talia was under pressure the whole game when I was there watching it. But I think what it was was a little bit of that watching him, like you said, recover from the bad Mm -hmm. snap. And so he looked rushed. He looked flustered in those moments. And so it felt like he was more under pressure than he actually was. When I went back and watched the whole game, um, they did a pretty good job. Uh, There were definitely some issues. Um, Jalen Duncan 
with two big penalties. I yeah. mean, this guy's supposed to be a, a, a day one draft pick at tackle. You a lot cannot of people have, have him as a top three offensive tackle in the NFL draft next year. You cannot have a holding and an illegal hands of face that was completely unnecessary. It was directly in front of us. He was running right at the 35-yard line, right at my seats, and he had this dude dominated, and he just let his hands get up too high, and he's cranking this dude's face mask yeah. while he's already <laughs> moved him 15 yards from the line. Like, of course you're going to get this call. So it's just completely unacceptable for a guy of his stature to get caught in stupid things you know locks likes to talk and he did again in this press conference about the competitive plays of the pass interferences the um holdings the illegal hands to the face uh, being very different than the offsides the illegal snap the kick out of bounds the ones that we had that were that were you know totally like operational penalties but i'm sorry there is a difference in you got pass interference because you're hand-checking a guy and you're playing hard versus you never turn around. There's a difference in in you get caught for a hold because basically it's holding on every play or you're out on an island by yourself with your hand in his face mask. How do you think you're getting away with that 10 yards away from the center? I, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're jumping a little bit because that's the penalties was an issue in our, in our bad. I'm <laughs> was, sorry. You got me angry about Duncan. No, I know. I, <laughs> this is kind of one of those things where you, you open one thing and it's like Pandora's box. But uh, so speaking of that, right, uh, a lot of calls in this game. That was another one of the ugliest ugliest things of this game. It had nothing to do with the Terps themselves, but it had to do with the men in the Zebras, the officiating. The officiating was terrible in this game terrible officiating i actually didn't even look up i meant to where the hell they got these because usually when it's an inner conference uh officials uh it's they use a different conference's officials well wherever they came from sucks uh <laughs> these guys there was one back judge that i swear to god he had his money on the spread because he was coming up with all kinds of dumb calls he's the one that called the um targeting call from 50 yards behind the defender yeah. where a targeting means you took your helmet and hit it into the other person's helmet so you have to see the guy's face to make the call there he were six other officials that's all he saw he saw his he head heard, snap back i don't even think assume. he saw that he heard the stadium go oh and he yeah. threw a flag because apparently yeah. in 2022 you aren't allowed to enjoy a hard hit you just have to everybody <laughs> stay quiet and we won't get this call the man was standing. He extended his arms. He basically hit him with his hands that yeah. hard. He There was no contact to the helmet. They ended up waving it off, which I watched the Big Ten coverage, and they were like, oh, I'm very interested. They didn't call him a defenseless receiver and call that targeting. How can you target someone with your hands? Are we that soft in football now that if I hit you with my hands in like anywhere near your helmet range that's a problem like right. my hands are not your helmet they are they are weaker than your helmet the the using of the lowering of the crown of the head is a dangerous thing that needed to be taken out of football but touching someone should not be taken out of football there shouldn't be yeah. any amount of time between touching a ball and touching another person that you just get to do what you want there's like this isn't a punt we don't have to wait three yards right. I, it doesn't make any sense right <laughs> And then the other one I think that stood out the most to me, and it's mostly because it was so egregious and it happened basically right in front of our face, was the non-call on Rack. the face mask of Rack. I mean, I get that you don't want to make that call right away because there's a you have to be you have to be right up on it to see a difference between a stiff arm and a face mask. You actually have to see him grab it. But it got so bad, he held on to it for so long that his fingers got stuck in Rack's face mask. Now, kudos to Rack, because he was still able to fight he through that. The, he made the tackle. A, play, a hell of a play for Rack. 
but I mean, again, this guy had his hand literally stuck he, in his face mask and twisted. He tornadoed rack in a circle. You can't right. do a 540 with somebody on a stiff arm. That's Unreal. not how a stiff arm works. I, it, yeah. it was it was unbelievable. And then another one that I that it's coming off the head is when they were they were on the other side of the field driving towards the open end of the stadium, and Ami Finau broke through the off the, oh, the yeah. offensive line. The center literally turned around completely with one arm completely extended, grabbing his jersey, and was being drugged by Finau towards the quarterback, and nothing, nothing. was done. Nothing. nothing. Yep. I, and that was immediately after the the uh, attempt at calling a targeting penalty, and it was just like, oh, I see how this is going. Like, like yep. we really, Listen, we're, I, we're not, not letting one, them pick on the bag on the little kid. <laughs> I'm not one to harp on rest too too much, just because you do get calls your way. It's a hard, you get calls it's a hard job. You, but this was just this was awful. And it started from the very beginning of the game. It did not end until the game was over. I mean, it was it was bad the whole way through. And it did not seem evenly officiated at all. You can be bad both ways. It didn't right. feel that way. Right. So like I said, we're <laughs> we're kind of combining ugly and bad here. We've already talked about the penalties uh, as that, that was listed in our quote unquote bad. Uh, the other hey, it was bad and ugly. <laughs> yeah. The the other one. Um, and, and this isn't so much a shot at him more. So I think a shot at the game plan. Uh, was the lack of use on newcomer Jacob Copeland. I mean, he he had, what, two touches in this game for five yards? I mean, this I understand, and this is, is kind of what I said uh, in the solo episode that I did the other day, is that I hope this doesn't become a diva fest where, you know, you've got this one wanting targets and that one wanting targets. If, if they're okay with, like, listen, this is going to be Rack's day, this is going to be Jayshon's day, which this game was Jayshon's day, this is going to be Copeland's day, that's fine as long as they're good with it and he can stay focused with it. But I just expected him to be a little bit more involved, especially against a team like Buffalo. Yeah. And especially like you said, just the hype, like yeah, getting Demas involved, getting Copeland involved were the, were the talking points of the fans. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. there was no, even with the whole like Demas thing, you know, I, I know I kind of, of course, like dramatize everything and make it like homeboy fan of like, Demas getting the end zone, whatever. But even just Demas's first catch, how was there nothing at that moment? Even like, like even that is kind of momentous that he just came back and made a grab on a on a Big Ten football field, and there seemed to be nothing. There didn't seem to be any like, you know, it's just business as usual. Which I get it; it is. It's business as usual for them. But it just to me felt bigger than that, and that there should have been. Some moment, some like all the receivers oh, together know, for it. Call a fucking timeout. Something, yeah, like yeah, coming on the jumbotron for I'm coming back. The whole like yeah. epic video footage of him right. yelling that from the stretcher, like anything. And it was yeah. just oh, he caught the ball. And yeah. and I mean yeah, it wasn't that impressive of a first catch. He made one very impressive catch going out of bounds. But again, another guy. I mean, he just didn't seem ready, or they didn't want to show the tools yet. I don't know. Which one? Uh, Jay Sean, coming back from a similar injury, looked all kinds of ready. All kinds of yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I think the bad for me, it, it, again, it is it is Copeland's debut, but... Um, you saw how yeah. much excitement fans had in the spring game for him. So how is right. it not, again, just just a more concerted effort? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's, it's basically a little bit of a lackluster uh, performance from the passing game in general, right? Like yeah. you got, again, you've got all of these weapons. I just, I, 
maybe I was expecting this ridiculous blowout, even though I didn't predict it that way. I wasn't too, too far off of my prediction, but I expected there just to be more high explosive plays down the field plays. Um, we just didn't see a whole lot of that in this game, but again, it's their first real football action uh, working together as a team since, you know, the season started. So hopefully things progress week in and week out. And that's why they do this with these, you know, non-conference games to start the season. Cause they know they got to work through things before they, you know, get to the final product. That's going to uh, get easier before it gets harder. <laughs> right. Right. It's true. So let's move on to the good in this game. And I can't believe I'm going to say this because of all the crap that we gave this unit last year. And rightfully so, because this unit uh, struggled to say, <laughs> to say the least all year long last year, except for, the pinstripe bowl. Uh, and that's special teams. I mean, we were counting them off as things happened. One play after another, like special teams played a very, very clean game. No heart attack plays where our jammers are under the ball. None of that stuff that you were complaining about last year. Yeah. This is a Thank very, you. very clean game. <laughs> <laughs> I no longer have to like, just like stress about every punt. Return. Right. <laughs> right. And then obviously the 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 prize piece to me, at least of the offseason, you know, was the the transfer in of Chad Ryland. This is a kid that um, not only were we kind of hyping up and excited about, but you know, you had talked about a couple weeks ago with how much kudos that Coach Loxley was even giving this kid, and he's kind of adapted into this like leadership role of the special teams unit, which is great. Uh, you know, we heard about some of the field goals that he was making during practices. Googs even texted us and was saying, man, this guy's making a 60, 65 yarders in the stadium with no, no problems uh, to see it in person. It's pretty impressive. Ryland had a good game. Yeah, Ryland needs a nickname, by the way, guys. Anybody out there that came up with this Chad Ryland nickname, we've been kind of <laughs> scratch our heads. This dude is going to be a weapon. It's going to be good that, you know. We don't end with blanks on many drives. We can just get down there and get into field goal range. He had, you know, a, one little blemish. He did kick the ball out of bounds. Locke said he overkicked oh, right. it on yep. a kickoff. Um, but before that and all the other kickoffs, uh, the hang time was very relevant as well. That There's not going to be a lot of kick returns uh, in College Park against the Terps. I think there's been an awful lot of touchbacks for the other teams. Yep. Next thing would be the running backs, man. And and we're going to save uh, the best for our great. We're going to do a, a great section too, but you can't go without talking about just this unit in general. We talked about how they they're young and they've got a lot of promise and there's a lot of talent, but we wanted to see what it would look like in the game. And one guy who really put in the work in the off season, transforming his body. I mean, from a, basically an offensive lineman body down to a true power back body Antoine Littleton real deal absolute real deal Antoine I'm looking for a personal trainer you want to come teach me how to just <laughs> slim, slim down you come hang out with me after your season's done here man I uh, absolutely fun to watch still running people over yep. still bulldozing you know I told you I was a little bit worried that kind of like his special sauce was just being bigger than everybody. He, and he, he lost still is. Bad, he <laughs> lost the bad weight. He kept the good weight on, which is his strength. And like I told you before, you know, when you're a power back, you learn how to throw your weight around. You learn how to use your 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 weight to your advantage. And yeah, he trimmed down, but he still knows those power moves. He still knows how to leverage his weight. Uh, and you saw that in this game. I mean, multiple times he was just running guys over, dragging guys along with him. Uh, that's that's the change of pace back that I think this group is desperately going to need throughout the year. And then also on that note, 
Uh, kudos to Loxley, who seems to have actually figured out that you need a goal line back, that your best back is <laughs> right. not necessarily your goal line back because they did use Antoine Littleton in almost all the goal line situations, almost all the fourth and one, third and one, which they did they did miss on two of those that is really needs to be worked on. Uh, but, I, you know, going back and watching and hearing Locks talk, it was way more of a lineman issue than it was a running back issue in those those plays. So hopefully they'll get that all cleaned up because that lineman is, it's one of those hard things to practice outside of live action, as you see in the NFL now with these goofy-ass helmets they're having to wear all the way through <laughs> right. preseason and everything. You can only line up and run into each other so many times before there's problems. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So another group that was part of the good for us, uh, and it's pretty much all the young freshman talent that came in this year. You know, we wanted to see just how good and just how athletic uh, Jay Sean Barham was going to be. And I'm telling you, like, you read the numbers and you watch him on tape uh, and, and you get a good feel for what he can do. But I didn't realize just how big this kid is. But when you saw him out on the field standing next to Ruben Hippolyte, I mean, and again, this is a <laughs> Ruben true freshman. Tiny. <laughs> Ruben looked real small next to Jay Sean. So, uh, and he, I, the football IQ was on display. You know, I kind of attribute the same way I felt to uh, watching him to almost like the first game that I watched Brandon Jennings when Brandon Jennings was here because I was, I left the game, like, even though they were both pretty hyped. I left the game even more impressed with what I saw versus what the hype was, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think that this one came with a little bit more hype, but also more impressive than Jennings. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I see the, I see the comparisons there. He, he showed a lot in that game. And again, I've heard from multiple people. We're going to see even more because they really did not use Barham um, in any pass rush off the edge type situations in this game. And I've uh, been told that's, in the works that's been practiced right <laughs> well, one one of the other things that you and i noticed too while we were there that kind of stood out to me was speaking of youth was the rotation especially at linebacker you know you'd have you have one 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 series out there where you'd have your your ones out there your guys that you expect to be out there then the next series out there you've got wheatland out there and you've got some of these other other younger linebackers out there rotating in and out it wasn't that they waited until they had a three possession lead i mean this was early on in the game and it was consistent throughout the game that they kept this rotation going and to be honest with you i didn't see a big drop off between one line versus the next no, I didn't. It's all the way through with the linebackers, the defensive line. There were that was kind of like the overwhelming theme is like we went there looking at, you know, hype for these seniors and super seniors and these people that are like entrenched. And those guys, you know, they didn't disappoint, but it wasn't quite as hyped as we thought it was going to be. All of them still have some stuff to work on. But the surprise factor of all this young being even better than we thought. All these right. all these people, you know, getting this early experience experience and and the fact that all these running backs that we saw in that game not a single one of them are are leaving for the nfl this year yes right. they can they can leave you know and go somewhere else in the portal obviously that's how it happens all the time now but all right. of them are back next year and multiple of them had nfl level looks right <laughs> and, and even with roman brown like to, to see what he's getting in i mean you got two more years with this kid and he looked pretty good he didn't quite look like Hemby. he didn't quite look like antoine littleton but i think he looked better than those guys did last year and so uh, what what's that say for next year 
Right. No, I mean, again, his opportunities were very limited and he had a couple of decent plays on the opportunities that he got. Um, he's obviously able to catch the ball out of the backfield. He got a couple of decent gains. So I, again, I really liked what I saw out of that running back group as a core. So that takes us to the great, uh, cause we usually do good, bad, <laughs> good, bad, and ugly. We're going to add a fourth one this week to the great. Cause there were uh, a couple of, of key areas that we wanted to highlight first key player, uh, and it was our offensive player of the game, Middle River's finest, as I call him, uh, Roman Hemby. I mean, this kid did everything right in this game, took advantage of the limited carries that he had, took him to the house, seven carries for 114 yards, two touchdowns, big game. Absolutely. I mean, the two breakaway touchdowns, 33 and 70. That's uh, that's that what we talked about last year. You said what the team was missing. We didn't yep. have that Anthony McFarlane. We didn't have the guy that just you the didn't get him in the line. It's over like yep. it, and and Hemby showed that kind of speed. We saw online today. He was apparently posted the third high fastest uh, run of the week. Uh, in the country last year miles per hour i think yeah. what it was yep. yep absolutely flying and it looked that way i mean he was pulling away from defenders within five yards of the line of scrimmage you could just see every jersey was getting farther from him and yes exactly. it's still a mac team but there's athletes on that on that field don't let don't get it get it twisted uh, there right. was there was a dude michelle out there uh with no pads on Coach Locks, look into Buffalo's Michelle, who's injured right now. You want him in the transfer portal next year. The dude is built like a flipping tank. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and the one thing that, you know, we knew that Buffalo presented was that they had a decent front and they had this really good linebacker in Patterson. And to be honest with you, I didn't really notice him during the game, at least there on, on yeah. tape. When I watched it, he jumped out a little bit more to me than in person in the game, but to have this running back and this running back core and to the credit of the offensive line, be able to create the holes that they did against this defensive front and against a linebacker uh, who is usually great against the run game uh, to have that kind of a, of a game is big for him. It's really big, and and Rack had a had a good game. He had one drop um, that that was a problem, but definitely give him credit. Like yeah. we said, Jayshon Jones looked like he was coming a whole new man. That injury is holding him back. None. The one thing with uh, with Jayshon, I did see a little freshman popping off. I saw him picking <laughs> fights after multiple plays. So hopefully that doesn't bite us in the ass because he he brought the attitude on. back. I he must have my the, blinders on. I didn't want well, to see it, so I didn't watch. <laughs> well, you saw the Montumbo finger he did yeah, mid-run, uh, the, the gift there, and then it was yeah. another one by the by the sidelines that he was picking a fight. So I mean, He's I know it's, it's it's him. That's the, that's what he does. He's a He's tough got guy. A diva in him, <laughs> but I'm just careful. We saw yeah. how bad that one our sophomore year. Just, just make sure right. make sure when it matters, we don't catch any 15 yarders. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, one of the position groups that I think uh, we talked a lot about where starters they've got a lot of talent um but beyond the starters we were kind of questioning uh well let me tell you the guys that played on the field in this game the dbs looked very good uh the guys that you would expect to be good shine most you know tarheeb still didn't have a zero or didn't have a single pass completed against him in this game when in coverage uh jacorian bennett who we picked as our defensive player of the week five passes defended and five tackles, good for first and second on the team in both categories. Yeah, first in the country for the passes defended and second on the team in tackles. Wow. Unbelievable performance there. Um, and so it was just really hard to not – I mean, I know still got zero, but it was hard to give to the guy that uh, the quarterback just chose to go away from versus the one he, that did some work. 
he <laughs> would have had I, man it would have been a real hard decision between me between him and Hemby for player of the game if we we're just going to pick a player of the game had he converted on that pick six it just oh, he would have yeah uh, the pick man. six would have definitely been uh would, would have been player of the game there because that would have given me my my <laughs> bet I would have I would have covered uh, the spread yeah, my my half point loss I cannot <laughs> believe that I got a really early number I put my bet in super early I got a twenty one and a half and it went the game game went off I think at twenty four and a half or twenty five and I still lost by that half point yeah. <laughs> because it was twenty one exactly. oh man. <laughs> now, Deontay Banks, I think he looked okay in this game. I mean, there's definitely things that he needs to work on. But, I mean, they were going after him. Obviously, he was the guy coming back uh, from injury and whatnot. So, it, it was good to see him get his legs underneath him. Good to see that the game speed wasn't too much for him or anything. He looked good in coverage as well. He looked good in coverage. He did have the one pass interference where he just didn't get his head around at all. It wasn't around, too yeah, terrible. It didn't turn around. Um, I actually think he was the one on our close sidelines, which was more just a great play by the receiver who just hugged his – helmet yeah. and got the call um and and then uh the other problem which locks got into his ass for was he was the one that was off sides on the missed field goal attempt um which didn't go bite us in the ass because they tried to go for him fourth down and we got the ball back but that's something that you cannot have you going into a big 10 stadium and somebody misses a field goal on you and they get a second try <laughs> that is not yeah. okay that is the kind of stuff that gets you really reamed out by your friends your fans the the team, yeah. everybody. So you can't be offsides on a field goal attempt. That's a no-go. Yeah, exactly. So, again, just some mental errors, and it wasn't just him. It was all around with this team. Again, we mentioned the penalties and all. Uh, it, this team needs to clean those things up. That was obviously a, a really bad problem last year. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in the Big Ten as far as penalties go. So that's hopefully an issue that they can get cleaned up. They have to if they want to compete in this division. Uh, but – Overall, listen, again, they won by three possessions. You know, we can harp on the little things we all we want. We want this team to come out and play perfect. We want them to be the best that they could possibly be. So we're going to highlight good, bad, and ugly like we do every week. But uh, overall, I'm happy with this performance. Was it as big as it was? we wanted it to be? Like I said, that I feel a little empty when I left? Yes. Uh, but overall, when you look at the grand scheme of things, they were able to win this game again by possession. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, it just looked a little bit messy. It looked like the, yeah. the the things that we scored on were these big breakaway runs, and it's like, how repeatable are those? We thought we were going to be more tacticians and picking them apart down the field, and that just wasn't what it was today. But, you know, you're going to have to win in a bunch of different ways, and as long as we keep winning, we're good. Are we kind of behind the eight ball for Talia for Heisman? Yeah, but we're still <laughs> yeah, in line for so. winning the Big Ten East. <laughs> hey, we as long as you keep winning, undefeated is undefeated, baby. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, Leah, you know, again, not his best showing. He did have the one interception overthrowing Deitches. Uh, he had the safety just basically sitting back there waiting for it. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely some things that he could clean up too. But I think that, again, part of his game starts with being comfortable, right? And when you have issues with the snap, he it, it instantly, and you can see it, you, he goes into like this panic mode where he feels like he's got to, again, recover and he's got to make up ground and he's got to get rid of the ball quick and he's got to go through his possessions because yeah. that like half a second that it takes for him to have to jump up, catch the ball and then recenter himself. Now he's got to find where his wide receivers are in their routes and whatnot. Yep. So his, his eyesight, his line of vision, all that stuff is is off and things are happening mile a minute so it all compounds downs and it affects his performance so all in all was it a bad game no was it a game no did it diminish his uh chances at, at the heisman award 
Uh, but overall, <laughs> I'm okay with his performance. Zero touchdowns through the air was kind of surprising to me. I mean, that's that's very rarely happened to Lee. I mean, he threw record amount of touchdowns last year and last season. So uh, that was a little bit of a surprise. But hopefully he can make up for it in this upcoming week's matchup versus Charlotte. But before we talk Charlotte, why don't you give a shout out to uh, Nilwire? All right, before we go any further, we are going to take a second for Nilwire. Nilwire is a fan-first NFT marketplace created by a couple of brothers whom are also former athletes to help connect fans and athletes together. Their mission is to help athletes monetize their name, image, and likeness and utilize blockchain technology to bring value to their fans. With Maryland defensive lineman Mo Kite and Ami Finau partnering with the fast-rising company, their vision is to help athletes beyond sports and provide them a network of, to their fans on another level. Be on the lookout for the Baller Series 1 NFT collection, which is launching on Nilwire Marketplace this month. Make sure to sign up. For pre-sale at nilwire.io, get early access to the athletes' NFTs and sponsor and support the players on nilwire.io. All right, man. Well, let's talk Charlotte, right? Charlotte comes in right now 0-2 on the year, coming off of two pretty embarrassing losses to FAU and William Mary, right? This is a team that... Uh, not trending in the right direction not trending uh, no but you and i are getting a chance to go down there and uh, watch this game firsthand which again like i said I'm, I'm super excited for super pumped for it's our first road game of the year uh we're gonna this is kind of like a, a pre-game for us for the big trip later this month into into michigan which i'm super excited for uh tell me a little bit about uh you know charlotte and kind of what to expect uh anything that they can really hang their hat on anything good well, I can tell you that the ticket prices don't come down like they do the Terps teams. I mean, I could buy $3 <laughs> Buffalo, Maryland tickets, but I couldn't get a deal at all in this Charlotte, Maryland thing. So we went ahead and bought through the, through, through the uh, Terrapins for the away game fund and uh, got that going. So it'll be fun. That's always a, a, a good process to go into the will call. A lot of them are like parents of players and stuff and get to kind of navigate that situation. So that's kind of fun. Uh, but this team and William Mary, like you said, 0-2 against FAU. All right, cool. It's an FBS opponent. But then right. William & Mary, an FCS opponent, that's last FBS win was in 2009. Like, <laughs> it just... Not not a good look. They were without their starting quarterback who got injured, um, uh, Chris Reynolds. Uh, he had a non-throwing injury in the Week 0 matchup against FAU. Um, and so they were with freshman quarterback Xavier Williams, who stepped in as replacement. Kind of looks like a bit piggyish kind of mobile kind of just get the job done like oh you nothing mean really impressive Towson <laughs> yeah guy? yeah yeah it's in his gear 37 of college football <laughs> who's played for three years of Maryland football oh, uh Western man. Kentucky uh Towson what is pig how is piggy still playing I don't and know. now he's a backup quarterback my man is is just likes he just likes college. He's just Apparently, he's just there. I hope he has a guy. second doctorate at this point. I, what, what's, <laughs> what can I get his transcripts? I want to see Piggy's transcripts. Right. All right, back, back to Charlotte. Uh, yeah, but um, this is. I'm not sure about the the quarterback situation of who's going to get to play in this one. It's up in the air. They haven't announced who's going to be the starter. But honestly, let's be honest. It doesn't matter. This game's about the Terps, and yeah. if the Terps play, even. Even as bad as they did last week, they're going to blow this team out. Like, this is about us and whether we play well enough to win. It doesn't matter who's on their team. 
right? So this is this is another tune-up game. This is another, you know, get things right, work through things. You know, if you've got things that you're, you know, you want to test to see how they run against certain defenses and certain formations, this is a game to do it because you got a little bit of wiggle room to do it. Um, again, this this should be, like you said, a walk in a park. Um, it, it's a team that really doesn't have a whole lot when you look at their running back core. Uh, Shadrick Bird is the leading rusher. He's got 27 attempts for 97 yards or less than Hemby had on seven carries last week. So, I mean, there's that, right? Uh, they've got a, a decent wide receiver, Grant DeBose, 6'3", 200 pounds. He's a junior. Uh, he's got eight catches for 156 yards. So statistically, again, nobody that really jumps off the board. The, the quarterback situation still up in the air, whether who's going to start, if it's going to be their, their their normal starter, or if it's going to be the backup, the freshman. Um, so this is a game that, again, I think the Terps need to focus in on in improving and setting them up for big 10 play yeah i mean these these statistics these guys have should be the terps stats by halftime like that's that's <laughs> what you're looking at i mean i mean they're leading wide receivers eight and 156 if rack doesn't have that by halftime this game's gone wrong i, I just don't, <laughs> I, I just i don't know uh it, it i'm excited to go down there i'm really interested to see this very tight uh thirty thousand person stadium they have down there um, yeah. So it should hopefully still hold a, a good atmosphere. God knows, based on the, the fact I couldn't find any tickets for resale, Charlotte must still be going to their games, even though they are 0-2 versus bad competition. So right. uh, God God bless the fans down there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Another I, yeah. guy that, you know what, that we hadn't really talked a little bit about that I, I want to see even more of in this game because the sample size that we saw was small, but what I saw I really liked, and that's freshman Octavian Smith. The kid that, you know, Ahmed talked a lot about uh, and said, listen, this is a guy that's going to earn his way onto the field. Even with the depth that this team has at wide receiver, this is a guy that Loxley's just not going to be able to keep off the field for multiple reasons, not just as a, as a wide receiver, but also on special teams as well, which he he had an impact in that Buffalo game. Um, this is the kid that I, I think that maybe if you are considering using him and burning his red shirt this year, I'd like to see him in the mix this game. Yeah, I think he's his red shirt's definitely getting burned this year. He will be playing in more than four games. I mean, he's listed as a starter on special teams. He's listed right. in the two deep at wide receiver. I can't see a world where all of a sudden that's, you know, putting him to the back and hoping that you save him. Um, I, I, You know I'm a fan of his. We had an argument on on who was the special teams player of the week, and uh, <laughs> Colton Spangler won out in the, in the situation. But his Cole one Spangler attempt. Colton Spangler had a hell of a game. At, at hell of a game. game. Uh, his one attempt at a kick return was one kicker away from being six points. He had got a 41-yard return on his one attempt, yeah. and the kicker for Buffalo is what stopped him. So, I mean, the kid is special. The kid's electric, um, and I really hope that that's not the longest kick return of the year. I don't think it will be. I think this man is going to be standing in the end zone after one of these kickoffs this year. I'd almost guarantee it. And shout-out to Colton Spangler, man, who, who, like I said, he was our special player of the week. Ryan and I went back. Like Ryan had already kind of that Octavia Smith was going to be it without consulting me first. I said, wait a minute. Let's look at the total picture here, right? We can't just he bang the table for you, Colton. We, I did, man. <laughs> we can't just forget about the punters. And I'll be honest with you because it's your it's your buddy. It's 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 Aunt Pecarella. Aunt Pecarella, man, that, that's the one that's always like, hey, you're forgetting about the punters, you're forgetting about the kickers. So I made sure I'd I noticed you guys because it's the guy who had four kicks, you know, averaged over 51 yards per punt. 
uh, had one that was down at the one yard line, uh, had two of them that were, that ended up being inside the 20. So a big game for Colton Spangler. So shout out to him. Yeah. Ethan go made a, a real dramatic front flip down of that ball. I'm almost certain the ball had already stopped rolling, but you know, it looked really good on camera. Ethan. No, it didn't <laughs> go back and watch that ball was still bouncing around. It bounced back <laughs> towards the way, but listen, you can't touch that end zone line at all. So he it did. did it the right. That way. was a very good. athletic one. And yes, I will give peck the, uh, the credit last year. He gave us some shit about, we had an yeah. offensive player and defensive player of the game. Uh, so that is why I added special teams this year. Um, and so on top of that, Mr. Fred made sure that the punter got the it. first one. Cold earned <laughs> it, man. It was a big game for him. But all right, so let's let's look at the numbers here with uh, with Charlotte, right? So right now the spread twenty seven and a half, the over under sixty six. I'll let you start with your predictions on this week. Just kind of how do you see this shaking out, and maybe give me your prediction for even a player of the game. Let's just throw that out there. Who do you think your player of the game is going to be this week? All right. Um, again, defense was actually a little bit more impressive last week than I thought they were going to be. I thought there was going to be uh, a little bit more nervousness or some drives that had to sell out late. Uh, so I, I don't see a team like this that's losing to FAU, a team that's losing to William & Mary, really scoring points against us. I'm going to give them credit for 10 points. Again, okay. probably a you know a cheap touchdown at some point or a broken play, a broken coverage that we're trying some exotic stuff. Um, and then a field goal they probably earn. Um, and I'll, I'll go 54-10. Um, I Ooh, did not okay. get the 54 I wanted last week. We're going to try it this week. <laughs> uh, Keep playing. So you hit it. Player of the game. So I would imagine that we're going to see a little bit more of the backups this week. Uh, but Talia played awfully long. So I'm going to go with Talia. Talia's God gonna, damn it. <laughs> Talia is gonna is gonna sh- come back, show off. He's gonna throw for like five hundred some yards, and it'll be like two or three players over a hundred yards receiving. And so you'll have to at that point give it to Talia, not the wide receivers. Uh, yeah, you and I didn't talk about this pre-show, <laughs> so we don't get a chance to pick different guys. Because I'm gonna go Talia too. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I've got the Terps winning this one pretty handedly. I'm not gonna go quite as a landslide as you. Uh, I'm gonna go forty-eight to thirteen. So they do go under the 66 uh, and they do cover the, the spread. Uh, I think Talia, to your point, man, it's just, it's going to have a field day in this game. And I think he's going to, you know, again, no touchdowns in week one. I saying that he's going to make an emphasis to make up for it, but he's got a real opportunity here to make up for it. So I'm going to say of those 48 points, Five of those are passing touchdowns by Leah. So I'm going to say he's got five passing touchdowns somewhere around that 400 to 450 yard mark in the game. Uh, But key stat, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, I do see this being a game where they are going to work a lot of the younger guys in a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the twos and the threes in just to get some guys some work. Um, So, you know, it'll be, maybe a little bit of a sloppier game on defense than we want to see. Whereas I, like I said, I think they're still give up 13 points, even with our threes out there. It doesn't matter. I just don't think that this team presents much of a threat to us, but maybe there's a, you know, a misread or, or whatever happens. And I just think that they end up giving up 13 points. Uh, but that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah. Don't count out those running backs though. Cause I don't think there's a player on that team that can ta- tackle Antoine Littleton in open field. <laughs> right. And there's certainly no one as fast as Hemby. So either one of those could end up with a 200 yard day and be the player of the game as well. Right. I want to see CJ Dupree 
get his first catch receiving touchdown. I want to see that happen in this game. That would be kind of cool. It was a guy that we, we noticed at first. He looked thing, a little like, better in this game. He did he have a, a drop-ish, but uh, he looked a little better. They they put him out wide a couple of times. You're thinking, what the fuck? Who's going <laughs> to match up against this scary. guy? He looks scary when he's on the edge. He really he does. He is <laughs> a big boy. But then every time they would put him in motion and he'd come back up to the line. But uh, yeah. One day they're going to leave him out there on a corner <laughs> and it's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I like to see him get his first touchdown, and maybe he will. Because we did see, unfortunately, I, I haven't heard any updates yet, uh, but we did, you know, see. Um, oh my God, the other the Corey Deitches. Yeah, Corey Deitches limp off the field a little bit. The way he was holding his leg as he was limping off, to me, and I'm a medical professional, seemed crampish because he was kind of like he kept his leg fully extended, almost as if like something was locked up. I don't know if it was up in his thigh or if it was in his calf or what. There was no bending of the knee, and it was it, to me. I've I've been that way. I've felt that before, and I know what that looks like. So to me, that's what it it, it seemed to me. But again, I have no idea. And even if it was just a cramp. We don't need to see Corey Deitches against this Agreed. team. We can Agreed. we can beat this team with Jess Weston Wolf. If you want to give both Weston of them Wolf, off the LeBron team, Ron Husband, I, CJ Dupree. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it. it's it's fine. So if anybody has any nicks and bruises, go ahead and just leave them in Maryland. Don't worry about driving them down to Charlotte. <laughs> don't be tempted to put them on the field because we're good. We this 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 team's put away. <laughs> All right, so like we said, we're going to be up there in Charlotte. Uh, we leave here Friday, uh, so we will be there for the weekend. We're just going to uh, check every uh, every uh, rest stop to see if the team bus is there eating lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if any of you guys out there that are fans are going to Charlotte and making the trip, let us know, man. We'd love to, we'd love to meet up. Uh, chat a little bit. Maybe you guys have some suggestions for some restaurants or bar recommendations out that way. That's what we're looking for. I know Ryan, you always do the uh, the campus eats thing to check out. That only works the, in the Big Ten place. towns, not 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 you uh, ACC towns. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, but we're also going to be doing the uh, the old line tailgate uh, supported by with ta- the Terrapin Club. So you're going to talk a little bit about that and what that's all in- entails. Yeah, so Old Line Tailgate with Ben Page. We've been supporting them for a while. You know, yep. We go to you know a, at least one a year. Um, it's always a really good time, good food. Uh, ben always has, in the last like, three years, I think it was, has done an away trip. This year, he's actually partnered with the Terrapin Club, so it's going to be a little bit bigger, uh, a little bit better. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a little bit more high-end when you get Terrapin Club involved. So it's like an it. all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink type affair. Um, and so we bought the, our three tickets for that. Um, so we're, I'm excited to go down there and see what they can put to, on together. Obviously, Charlotte's got a bunch of University of Maryland grads around there, so I think it's kind of more of like a outreach to those that are still living around there and trying to reconnect old flames with the with the Terrapins in that area. So hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. I kind of expect there to be a pretty large Maryland contingent for this game. I think you're going to oh, see an awful man. lot of red in here, but I, I could be wrong. I, could I be think you set yourself up for disappointment, Ryan. <laughs> and listen, we just spent, what, 10 minutes in the intro talking about the, the support or lack thereof at our home stadium, and now you're expecting a good following on a road game to a team that's Charlotte. I mean, yeah, it's North Carolina, so I guess there's that, but... I don't know, All right, right, fine. You're right. So, um, we'll see. I, we'll hopeful. count the red I mean, dots. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right, man. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Uh, unfortunately, Ahmed had a uh, well, not unfortunately. I mean, Ahmed just had a uh, a wedding that he was pre engagement you know, with a prior engagement. So uh, he's been a little out of uh, disconnected and out of the mix for a few days. But uh, he'll be back and ready to go for next week's show. Uh, so make sure you tune in if you haven't already. 
Follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can follow us even on Instagram. We're getting a little bit more active on there. We're trying to catch up with the uh, all the youngins out there. At least you are anyway. It's, not a, so much it's a lot easier with the 100-day countdown. So it's basically <laughs> true. players of the week at this point. But we'll see what else we can get going. Maybe with these trips, it'll be a lot more things to take pictures of. <laughs> right, right. And if you've got any questions or comments that you want us to hear, you want to hear us answer on the show, make sure you're sending them into our email. You can send them to us at shellandtellpod.com gmail.com or like i said you can hit us up on twitter you can follow the show at shell and tell pod follow ryan at terps Espert, follow me at fred blbs and file ahmed at kafir the turtle ryan sign us off all right guys well yeah one more game to get it right because after this it gets real uh we're gonna need this two and up game smu has got some talent coming to town we cannot play like we did this last game or it's gonna be way too scary so let's get this right let's stay healthy Keep these boys good until next time. Here's to wishing all is well under the shell.